We all have a story to tell. Let's tell yours. Welcome to the Intellectual People Podcast with your host, Jason. Come together and listen to journey stories and more from interesting people. Welcome your host, Jason. Welcome to the Intellectual People Podcast. Today I have Alex from Alex's Awesome Sourdough. How are you doing today, Alex? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Alex, what is awesomesourdough.com other than a website? <laughs> so Alex's Awesome Sourdough is basically our mission is to bake products that taste awesome and make you feel great. And the way that we do that is through natural fermentation in sourdough, um, which we can go into in depth, but it's a better for you way of making baked goods. Um, myself, I, I have a wheat sensitivity and uh, I can digest sourdough very well. And I basically wanted to offer this uh, to more people. So that's the, the impetus for starting the brand. Um, we launched with, a, with pizza. So we make sourdough crust pizza. It's available in 4,000 stores across the country, whether it's Sprouts or Kroger's or Whole Foods um, or your you know, small independents. Um, but we're building a brand showcasing sourdough and starting with pizza. Great. As a little, little one, did you always want to make pizza for a living? I uh, can't say that. I mean, I was always into cooking. Uh, and that's, that's been a big part of my upbringing. I, I used to, uh, I joke that I used to like to watch Emeril Lagasse and the Food Network instead of cartoons. Um, it's just, my mom grew up cooking, uh, homemade meals for me and packing lunches that were, uh, you know, very artisan and, and, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't eating Lunchables growing up. Let's put it that way. Um, and my dad was really into cooking as well. So it's kind of in my blood and, uh, it's always been an obsession for me. Um, so I think it's, it's been natural for me to pursue something in the food world. Uh, okay. but pizza specifically, uh, I, I never thought that I would be making a living selling or making pizza. <laughs> How did you actually get involved? You mentioned health issues and was that mm -hmm. the starting of figuring out how to deal with them? Yeah. I mean, it's a long story. I guess we have, we have time here today, so you, you won't get just the abridged version, but essentially I was working in technology out of college and I wasn't very fulfilled by it. Um, it was really stressful. And back in 2017, based on the way that I was eating, based on just working long hours. And then also just, I think there were some mental implications around just being extremely stressed and unfulfilled, but I started getting these autoimmune symptoms and essentially just got some skin inflammation out of nowhere. Um, I was lethargic and just tired and uh, went to doctors and they were basically like, yeah, you know, go on antibiotics, go on steroids, you know, and, and we can mitigate these symptoms uh, through medication. And after a couple of months, I just was looking at alternative ways because I, I just wasn't a sustainable solution to just kept keep consuming these uh, drugs. And I turned to diet, which is a really prominent way of dealing with autoimmune symptoms, which basically are undiagnosed. That's what autoimmunity is. It's your body just being overreactive. And uh, it could be extremely broad as to what's causing these issues. So I turned to diet and went down the rabbit hole there and went on something called the Whole30 diet, which means you cut out every potential allergen. And from exploring that, 
and going, doing a thir uh, the 30 days of no allergens, all my symptoms went away. And through that process, I discovered sourdough and, uh, sourdough is a, a totally different way of, of fermenting bread. It's an ancient process dating back to ancient Egypt or even before then, and essentially makes it more digestible. Uh, and I, for one can digest it really well. So, and maybe we can just talk a little bit about the difference, but essentially the way that modern bread is made today is using a commercial yeast strain that essentially the, the, the goal of modern bread making is to mass produce baked goods as, as, as fast as possible. So before then, what you were doing, and I should say that modern baking, you're typically looking at a fermentation time of maybe 30 minutes, maybe an hour. Uh, and you're typically using really high gluten flours. Uh, you're not really thinking about the uh, subcomponents of the ingredients or how they can actually play into your health or kind of ignoring consumer health. The, the way that sourdough has been made and, and how bread was made prior to industrialization was using a wild culture like a sourdough starter, which you may have heard, uh, which is basically a mix of not only yeast, but the key thing here is that it contains lactic acid bacteria. And that's the same bacteria that you see in kombucha or cheese making, you know, maybe or yogurt making, people call it gut friendly bacteria, totally different process. And when you're adding this culture into the fermentation process, the end resulting dough is, and usually the fermentation is not 30 minutes, it's, it's overnight. So it could be 12 hours, 24 hours. You're acidifying the dough. It's lower glycemic at the end result. It's more bioavailable nutrients, uh, lower in gluten content as well. So it's just a totally, it's a total game changer. And when I, when I, when I found this through my health journey, I said, wow, this, everyone's going gluten-free right now, as you may have heard, everyone's looking at better for you products. And, you know, I, for one was also eating, uh, like a rabbit at one point in my life. Right. So I, and, and I, I eat extremely healthy as well. I thought that this fermentation process, sourdough fermentation is underrepresented. And I wanted to share with more people that, uh, you know, you know, the type of people that want to enjoy pizza, you know, the, the families that want to serve their kids a product that isn't industrially made, um, that has thoughtfully sourced ingredients. And uh, that's my kind of long winded way of um, saying, you know, that, you know, that this is kind of how everything came to fruition for us. Did you raise money or did you start very small, like some bakers in their house and then started selling locally, maybe at some markets, and then it grew into what it is today? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, 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 there's some irony in the intellectual people podcast hosting a pizza man here, but you know, it's mostly a story of grit, quite honestly. And that's, um, and you know, I think the, from, yeah, I mean, from a grit perspective, so basically what happened was uh, once I came up with the concept in late 2017, I started doing a lot of R&D work, I actually apprenticed at uh, a few bakeries and restaurants, even flew out to a Michelin star restaurant, did an apprenticeship, just want to understand the kitchen, I, just a basic, sure. uh, you know, knife skills, uh, you know, you name it. Uh, and then started just testing out recipes in, in my kitchen. And once I had something that I thought was worthy, I went to 
a neighborhood store in Sausalito, California. I'm, I'm based in Marin in the Bay Area and asked if I could stock groceries in, in, uh, in return, get some space on the shelf, which uh, worked out. And, you know, it's extremely iterative process. We constantly tweaked the recipe, but we got some product on the shelf in 2018 and uh, about the summer of 2018. And it just started going crazy. I mean, we just, we're talking about one store here. So, but, you know, we were moving up to 60, 70 units a week uh, with four SKUs. You know, that's a lot of turns for a product like this. So then, you know, from there, it was just a, a matter of, um, going out and using that stut that that use case that one success story to expand into five locations uh, and then from there we got our first major account nugget market who's been a, a huge supporter of us and they're you know they're a family run regional chain of i believe 16 stores um, and when they took us on you know that we basically had a really strong use case to validate the product and then go into the next phase which was raising capital but in the initial phase there i funded the company out of my own pocket you know cash in the 401k did all that you know you know the typical yep. hero's journey type situation here but um yeah i self-funded it and then yeah we raised a seed round and uh very very thankful that we have a strong community here in marin county that's big on better for you food. Uh, so, so there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of community building there and help and help to be had for entrepreneurs like myself in the food space. And, um, yeah, we, we raised, uh, you know, a little bit of money and, and from there we were able to grow from, you know, you're constantly raising capital, but you know, the goal is to basically validate the product in about a thousand stores. So, um, you know, get, find your distributors. I don't know how well, you know, the food space, but you know, you got to validate the product, then you got to find your distributor partners and you got to find your broker partners. Distributors obviously take the product to the store. And then you have the brokers that help you sell the product into the store. Um, and then you have to work on your manufacturing and scaling that as well. So, I mean, it's, it's a wild ride, but we raised enough money to do that. And we found investors that, uh, that were patient and that's a huge lesson to be had there because it takes patience. Let's talk a little bit about manufacturing. I presume that you pay a company to do the manufacturing and packing of a pizza. Is that indeed true? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's two models. You either make it yourself or you outsource it. And the, the, latter, the, the, the latter is a lot, you know, less capital intensive. Right. And we want to be scrappy. That's one thing that was really core to kind of the ethos of the business early on was, you know, let's, let's grind it out. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's tough because you have less con quality control, but we found over time, uh, we, we really just found the right co-packing relationship and we're fully outsourced on the manufacturing side of the business, which, you know, it's, if you can figure out quality control and, and stability, uh, and capacity, then, I, I'm a strong proponent of that. Um, but you know, it takes, it takes time to build that relationship and cement that relationship. Yeah. And can you scale four X in your current situation? Oh yeah. I mean, we could easily scale 10 X in our you current could. situation. Okay. Yeah. That's great. So that will yeah. never, that won't be a problem in the immediate future for sure. 
No, no. And when that time comes, you know, we can build out a plant, but you know, we're extremely happy with, or we could partner with the existing manufacturer to help us do that and expand, you know, there's a lot of ways to skin the cat there, but, uh, no, I'm thrilled that we have this model. Um, you know, we also outsource our marketing as well. And, you know, we work with connect agency, which I, you know, can't speak, um, more highly of there. And, you know, you can just find the right partners, right. And, and our broker as well is, is outsourced, um, you know, our sales, you know, so, so we, we use a broker instead of hiring, you know, a, a full-time sales team and, you know, it's working extremely well for us. What actually do you do? Well, what do I do? Uh, I like to think of myself as the glue. So, okay. you know, I think, you know, so for one, my background was in sales. So I was in technology sales before starting this business. And, you know, I think my strong suits are on the interpersonal side. So whether that's, I mean, you're constantly selling as a CEO, right? So I'm selling the product uh, to the buyers that are purchasing the product, but I'm also selling a vision to a manufacturer that we want to work with. Um, or, you know, you're, I mean, you're constantly negotiating whoever it may be. So I think sales, you know, whether I'm, I'm leading sales calls with our VP of sales, we have one, we have one other sales hire, uh, Michelle, who runs our, uh, overarchingly runs sales for us, but we tag team on that front. Um, and then on the product side, um, we have a, an awesome head of production, Paolo, who came over from Suja Juice, if you're familiar with them, but they're a really successful food business. And, you know, I don't need to babysit these, these hires by any means. They're, they have a ton of discretion. I trust them wholeheartedly, but we tag team things together. And so basically I'm, you know, helping set, you know, production volumes or, um, you know, iterate on, um, you know, ingredients, like we're trying to optimize our, our ingredient builds to make the pizza more delicious or cost structure better. Um, all these little things I'm a part of, and then, you know, I'm the glue. So, if, you know, the, our CFO wants to ask me a question about product. I understand if we talk about sales, I understand. And then, you know, I can go on a podcast like this and not sound like a total idiot, hopefully. Right. So, Right. You know, it's 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 kind of about being the glue and then also the vision. I mean, I have a vision for the business where, where I want to take this. Right. Like we want to build a platform around sourdough. Um, I have the culinary background to understand the, the product side really well. Uh, and I think, you know, I also understand the business side. You know, I studied finance. I have a basic understanding of of you know, as uh, what, what, what's needed from a financial perspective. Um, we have a CFO that knows a lot better than I do. Um, but, you know, I think it's, I have a good balance of all aspects of what it takes to run a food business. Understood. And yeah. I'd like to talk about your current product and then your future products as well. Did you come up with all the current, I believe there's three or four different pizzas currently, right? Did you come up with all of those? Yeah. I mean, it started with, we, so we wanted to keep it simple. I mean, a lot of brands right. will over skew. They'll have, I mean, there are companies out there that have 20 plus pizzas flavors. Right. right. And, you know, we wanted to keep it simple at first. That's like a big, um, I mean, it's, it, it, it just gets, um, exponentially more difficult when you have more products, um, sure. especially with supply chain issues related to COVID. So thank God we kept it simple. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we basically said for one, we want to showcase ingredients, which many 
pizza companies don't do. We want to showcase the crust because we think it's the best tasting crust on the market. Um, it's the only sourdough crust on the market and it's, it's artisan. It's, it's so we said, we want to keep it simple. We want to showcase ingredients. So we're going to do a cheese pizza. We're going to do a pesto pizza, which is my favorite ingredient. Um, we're going to do a mushroom. And, and then from there, we wanted to offer a plant-based option as well. So we partnered with BioLife, which I think is the best vegan cheese uh, in the market. And we did a co-brand around a product that's doing extremely well. I just actually won a progressive grocer uh, award for the product of the year in this, in the category, which we're excited about. Um, so, you know, we, we may go deeper into, and we probably will go deeper into the plant-based space, but we kept it really simple with those four SKUs. And then we just added uh, the first organic pepperoni pizza as well. And one thing we didn't talk about, uh, and I kind of alluded to it a bit, is that, you know, the company is also about helping create a more sustainable supply chain around food. And we're huge proponents of organics. So, you know, we're working with regenerative small family farms that really are stewards of the land. And so we're, we're meticulous in the way that we source these ingredients and we want to showcase them for that reason. We don't want to hide them, you know, with a bunch of, you know, three meat toppings and a, you know, you name it. Right. So simplicity is, is at the core and we're going to expand. Um, we have a, we need to probably talk about some new innovation. I don't want to skip ahead of you here, but you know, we're, we're going to be offering an, a gluten-free line as well, which is using the same sourdough technology. So, you know, we're naturally fermenting rice flour, which is extremely exciting. Uh, it's delicious. It's gut friendly and, and we think it's the best gluten-free product uh, on the marketplace. And with that, we're going to offer two or three new SKUs. So that's going to come early 2022. So okay. we're expanding the portfolio out in that way. And on top of that, of rice flour, gluten-free pizza, are you going to expand even further into different products? Yeah, that's the goal. I mean, the, the one thing that I've learned is to stay focused. And that's something you just hear time and time again. I mean, we're we're still in our nascent phase, right? So we're in 4,000 stores and, you know, we feel like we can be in 15,000 plus. So okay. we want to focus in on, on pizza and believe me, my, my mind runs crazy uh, thinking of potential other products. And from an R and D perspective, we've already, we've already worked out recipes for various different products that are sourdough based um, you thinking broadly here, just baked goods, like maybe chips or crackers, um, you know, flatbreads, you name it. Um, we know we can do it and it's just a matter of staying focused on pizza for now. And then in 2022, probably later we'll, we'll explore other options and, and we'll look at the, you know, market size and categories and, and just see what makes sense. Um, and obviously needs to be an extension of, of the kind of Alex is awesome brand aesthetic and mission but yeah there's a lot we can do as far as expanding out the platform of sourdough thank you and i think it's it's worth asking this in terms of sourdough um alex you're not saying that sourdough in general commercialized sourdough is healthy are you there's a difference between a loaf of sourdough at your grocery store and your sourdough correct that's a really good question. Um, so I would say that the true essence of sourdough 
is kind of going back to what I was saying earlier is using a, a sourdough culture, which contains, which is essentially just a mix of flour and water that contains lactic acid bacteria and yeast, wild yeast strains. If you take that culture and you add it to a dough, let's say in the total weight, let's say 10% is that starter. If you ferment with that culture for a long enough time under the right circumstances, we're talking time and temperature. There's a lot of variables here. If you ferment it, let's say at a minimum of eight hours up to, it could be even three days. That would be sourdough. That's where you're going to start to see benefits such as the lower glycemic benefits, the lower gluten content, the more bioavailability of nutrients, vitamins, and minerals. Now there's cheaper ways of manufacturing what you call sourdough, which is, it's not, it's fake sourdough, right. which essentially using a, and, th- and this is fairly common in the grocery store, uh, but you'll see uh, basically companies making commercial bread and then adding in sour flavor. Mm. So you got to be careful about like when you're reading the ingredient panel of you know, a sourdough bread product, you should look out for if it contains added yeast or any type of uh, acidifier agent. So like you can see, you know, it could add vinegar, for instance, and that's a huge red flag because you want to get the acidification from the actual fermentation. And that's not an ingredient. That's actually a process. So if it says sourdough starter, sourdough culture, that's a good sign. Does that answer your question? Yes, thank you very much. And then to to go on to that, does sourdough and and this might be far out there, but I have to ask: Does sourdough help with mental health at all? Does any of this correlate to mental health? <laughs> That's really interesting. I mean, I think you are what you eat. Um, you know, I think mental health, you can look at it from many different angles. And obviously I'm not a doctor, so take this with a grain of salt. Absolutely. And, but the way that I look at mental health is it's, you know, I think a big implication of it is how you're feeling in your own body. So if you're eating well and you're not inflamed, you you can cause a lot of inflammation from your diet. Um, you know, I think that, that that's going to have positive implications on your mental health. Now to answer the question from a different angle, sourdough is trending during COVID, the actual process of making sourdough bread, as you may have saw, Obama, for instance, was posting, I mean, a lot of, you know, it it became a huge trend on Twitter, et cetera. I think part of that is the community element that sourdough has. Uh, It's also a really good challenge. It's extremely difficult to make. It's very humbling in that regard. Um, We're constantly tweaking our recipe, trying to you know, make it better. And then, you know, I think the other thing is, is that the sourdough process is a process of life. I mean, you're watching this living culture and you're babysitting it like a pet. So for mm-hmm. me, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's fascinating. It's truly awesome. And that's part of the reason why the company's called Alex is awesome. It's an amazing process. So, um, you know, I, I think for me, it's a very therapeutic way of, of, uh, of, of baking or, you know, you know, sourdough is just a therapeutic process for myself and, and for the team. You know, I hear that. Um, so I suggest everyone goes out there and learns how to do it. Very cool. 
How many pizzas a week do you eat? Oh man, right now. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's a tough question. I should have an answer. Um, I've scaled back my pizza eating a bit. I mean, there were times where you know I was uh, if I'm if I'm tasting a new product for coming out with a new pizza flavor, I'll be uh, way too many. I mean, numerous, um, numerous a week, but right now we're, we're kind of in a, in a holding pattern on the, on the skews. So I'm eating a lot of gluten-free crust, which is delicious. But, uh, as far as whole pizzas, you know, maybe, maybe you just one or two, nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. So but I, I, but I always say, yeah, I'm very active. Um, and, and there's something I always say is you could eat our pizza and run a man- marathon after, you know, so it's not a matter of health for me. It's just, I like to switch it up. I like to cook a lot. So I'm constantly, you know, every night I cook for myself every night, um, or, or for my family a few times a week. So, you know, it's, it's more about just creating new dishes in the kitchen. I just love doing that. So. Alex, one last question. Are you, well, two actually, are you still open for raising money? Oh yeah, of course. I appreciate the question. Yeah, we are. We're currently raising our series A round actually. So if you have any, you know, and we're at an inflection point, that's really exciting. So, you know, we can go into to more depth offline. If anyone has any inquiries, you can reach out to me directly, alex at awesome sourdough.com. And, uh, yeah, we I, we're, we're we're actively seeking um, some investment, and we're having some great conversations. So this could be our last round as well. Okay. Secondly, have I not asked you anything that I should have, or that you would like to share? That's a great question. No, I mean I think you've covered the bases here quite well. Um, I guess my question to you would be how you perceived sourdough prior to this conversation. I like sourdough. Um, I love food. I'm probably the wrong person to ask. However, (laughs) um, I of course did check out the product and it's interesting. I am salivating now at this, after this conversation, I think the perception of sourdough, right? I think of sourdough as a loaf of bread right? Mm -hmm. Not sourdough pizza, which is Mm -hmm. intriguing for sure. And Mm -hmm. I've never met a person that doesn't like pizza. So that's true. Sourdough crust with pizza. I mean, sure. I'm in. Should be a win-win. Yeah. No, the the reason I asked that, I appreciate the context is that education has been a big piece of this and teaching the world about, you know, sourdough, not only as a flavor, but as a nutrition advantage and we feel like we're hitting our stride in that regard as well it's been a journey you know as far as how to articulate that so uh you know every brand faces it too there's only so much space on the on the box and then you know or your website or you know how you communicate so um no i I appreciate that that two cents and and we're really excited about really evangelizing these health benefits so so thank you for having me on because it gives me an opportunity to do that Well, thank you so much. And for everybody watching, go check Alex out at awesomesourdough.com. Reach out to Alex if you want. You do sell online, correct, Alex? We don't actually currently. We will soon, but, you know, we're we're in 4,000 stores. So go to our website. There's a find us tab and, you know, reach out directly. I'm happy to hook up some coupons for all the listeners here. Um, 
And yeah, we'd love for you to try and hear your feedback. Great. Thank you so much for joining, Alex. I do appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Take care. We all have a story to tell. Let's tell yours. Welcome to the Intellectual People Podcast with your host, Jason. Come together and listen to journey stories and more from interesting people. Welcome your host, Jason. Jason.